This is Financially Tuned with Michael Mansfield from The Lind Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With over 12 years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Now listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Michael Mansfield to help you find out how to be Financially Tuned. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in again this week to Financially Tuned Radio. This is your host, Mike Mansfield. Also got my co-host here, Tony Shore. Hey, last week we started a conversation. We started talking about taxes. Um, Exciting stuff. The- you know, we, we like to really hit it home every Saturday at noon when people have nothing better to do. Let's talk taxes. But the, uh, you know, last week we started talking about how the government last December, 2017 here passed the new tax job act. And that has some reform, some change, some excitement, some interest. Things are a change in obviously you as a consumer, the reason that you listen to my show is because you need information. You need to know what's changing. You need to know how things impact you. Obviously, if you're working with a financial professional, you know, if you have a financial planner, your stockbroker, your insurance agent, whoever it is that has helped give you financial tools in your life, these are the things that we all need to be talking about with you. And I would just kind of caution everybody to always think about that. I am not your CPA. I'm not going to file your tax return. However, understanding taxes and the impact of taxes on your retirement income, the impact of taxes on the way your investments grow, the impact of taxes on your social security when you take it. These are important things to me because as your retirement provider, I want to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to put my best foot forward to help you be successful for the rest of your life. And taxes are a big thing. Remember, we always say it, right? It's not what you you get, it's what you keep. And so if you have a very inefficient tax strategy, that can impact you. Even though on paper it says you make a lot of money, if you're paying too much in taxes, you got a problem. So, hey, that's why Tony and I want to dig in. We want to start educating everybody on all the new tax laws, changes, codes, all that fun stuff. But Well, yeah, and especially this is really important because of all the changes with deductions and exemptions. I, I think right. that's the big part of how this is going to impact. And I know people are wondering, well, we're headed into tax season here, but really uh, when you think of tax season, you're talking about looking back at last year's tax situation, which is 2017, and trying to uh, get as much back out of the government or pay in as little as you can, which is great, which is why you use a CPA. And Mike, I know you help your clients and work alongside CPAs to help your clients minimize that tax burden, especially if you're headed into retirement or are in retirement. But then you also have to look at what's happening this year and how it's going to change for next year and think about what's happening right now, or you're going to end up in a bad situation this time next year because you didn't understand these new tax laws, right? You got it, Tony. And I think you brought up a good point there. One of the things that you should be aware of with the new tax laws and changes, 95% of it is not retroactive. It is new law for 2018. So in couple months when we're putting together our tax returns and, and filing for 2017, most of this stuff won't have an impact on you. 
These are all things that are now new as of 2018 and are going to affect you moving forward. And we're going to talk through them again today and, and really, you know, really over the, this next year, spend a lot of time reinforcing taxes and the importance of taxes on your retirement plan. But hey, if you work with a financial professional, whether it's an insurance agent, a stockbroker, a CFP, whatever it is, and they're not talking to you about taxes and making sure that your retirement plan is intact and you understand your tax liability, maybe you need a second opinion. Give my office a call, 805-500-7035. This is what I do. These are the things and the ways that I help people. So feel free to give our office a call. I'll be more than happy to talk your taxes with you. But hey, Tony, let's jump into it, man. There's a last week we got caught with the not enough time to talk about all the stuff. Right. So we, we better get rocking and rolling here. Well, yeah, for sure. So where do you want to start with this? I mean, the changes, obviously, and what <laughs> yeah. we need to know about what do we need to know about this new tax law? Well, look, let's just start right off at the top. So there was a change up in, in sense. I, I almost was going to use the word consolidation of tax brackets, but that didn't happen. All of the laws and proposals last year that we were looking at were attempting to consolidate tax brackets from seven tax brackets down to maybe three or four tax brackets. That didn't quite happen. So they kept the seven tax brackets and they just readjusted what they are. So for example, um, previously the highest tax bracket was 39.6. Now it's 37. All those income limits all from zero to that have all shifted. So that's kind of its own thing that becomes unique to you, the listener of how much money you make and what bracket you're in now as a starting place. I think one very interesting caveat of the tax plan that changed is sometimes in life we've heard about something called the marriage penalty, where depending on your situation, if you were married filed jointly versus being single, sometimes it was advantageous or non-advantageous when it comes to a, a, a filing standpoint. Should you be married and get a better deal or vice versa? What's interesting is when you look at the brackets between single and married filed jointly, that marriage penalty thing has effectively been eliminated because what's happening is those married joint brackets, they're pretty much exactly double of the single bracket. So, right. At, so you're going to pay the same amount of money at the end of the day, just based on that pure thing, which is a very common question I get, Tony, that people walk in all the time and say, Hey, we've been, you know, together for a long time. We've never taken the plunge. And, you know, should we get married? Is there a benefit to it? And, and of course, you know, now there's not. Don't get married. See what? Yeah. <laughs> now, Michael, I know you there's don't. No mean tax benefit. There's no tax benefit anymore. <laughs> yeah, the tax benefit isn't isn't as good or isn't yeah. isn't there anymore for it's, that uh, as a right. It's negligible. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so that's kind of first interesting point number one. The the next thing that I think turns a lot of people mentally upside down is understanding the standard deductions and personal exemptions. Um, I've always joked that as I have children, I'm, we're just, we're just creating tax deductions, you know, and when we had our fourth girl here and people said, oh my gosh, you're crazy. You have all these kids. And I said, no, these are, these are tax deductions. This is genius. Um, well, you know, that, <laughs> that made a whole lot more sense before the tax law changes. Right. So now they've eliminated personal exemptions. What that means is if we go back last year, You'd have a standard deduction if you were single. That standard deduction was sixty-five hundred bucks. If you were married, that standard deduction was basically thirteen thousand dollars. 
and they doubled that number for 2018. So if you're single, you have a $12,000 deduction. And if you're married, you have a $24,000 deduction. But in between that, they would add basically $4,000-ish, a little over that, for each person in the household as a way to, we'll say, bolster up that standard deduction. Yeah. So for me, having a lot of kids, I could say, oh, my gosh, you know, 4100 bucks times all my kids and me and stuff. You know, it really gave me a nice big deduction exemption amount. Conversely, they've gone away with those personal exemptions and they've higher mm. increased the standard deductions. So what that means is if you have a large family and lots of kids, it's probably not going to be advantageous to you. Conversely, if you don't, if you're just a single person, one person filing household, you know, one one dependent kind of individual, net net it's going to be a better deal for you because Instead of six thousand plus four thousand, which is ten thousand, as being your kind of your standard plus exemption amount, your new standard deduction is twelve thousand. So there's going to be a small inherent benefit. Mm. And I realize, Tony, because I can see you're already starting to nap off on me here. Um, I realize <laughs> that this topic, especially for our listeners, is like boring. You know, it's just it, well, it's no, kind it, of it's important though. It's important, but it's exhausting. You know, if you don't enjoy taxes from the get-go this is a hard conversation i just want to reinforce the point of of today and the things we're going to talk about this year is that this is why it's important to find a professional someone like me who focuses on this stuff makes it a part of the plan makes it a part of the process and can help guide you on it because i realize that you know nine out of ten people listening to the show today probably don't have a pen and piece of paper and are taking notes Right. Um, and they, but they can set up a complimentary consultation with you. And that initial consultation, there's no cost or obligation to continue. Just sit down, get to know each other. They can ask you some of these questions. I think that's important. But yeah, you busted me there as you were getting into that toward the end there. Um, what I was, I started, you're talking about taxes and all of a sudden uh, what was happening there is I was just thinking, did I eat at in and out twice yesterday? I know. I was trying that, to that signal someone to bring you a Dr. Pepper right now. So, yeah, can, we, can we get this guy a, a five-hour energy or something? <laughs> no, I'm good. And we need to understand it. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I'm married and have three children. So, you know, there's some disadvantages to the new laws for me, but then there are some advantages. So um, it depends on how it all weighs out, right? No, you nailed it. Yeah. So as we venture on, um, a lot of different things have happened with the code, with the law, with the rules. Uh, one thing that was a big conversation last year as they were putting out proposals was would, would investment income through capital gains change? That really didn't change much. They still, they've skewed the tax brackets on where the 0%, 15 or 20% capital gains rates would apply, but really not a lot to talk about there. Mm. Interestingly though, one of the caveat things that has always been a huge part of contention is the 3.8% net investment income tax that high income earners pay, I think on income over $250,000. That was created through the Affordable Care Act, you know, code name Obamacare. Right. And it's still in place at the moment. So that's still going to be a investment surcharge tax that still exists in the code. Unless Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act gets completely, you know, repealed, taken out, but for the moment, that's still there. Oh, I didn't so, know that. So, if for high-income earners, there's mm -hmm. an, this additional tax. 
Yeah, so on top of capital gains taxes, if you made a certain amount of money, they add a surcharge tax of 3.8%, and that's what was used in the last few years in order to pay for different parts of the Affordable Care Act. That's ah, how the government was collecting okay, revenue okay. for it. Yep. Um, you know, but it's but it's an interesting thought because if you sell a house here in Ventura and have any amount of equity that becomes capital gains, it's easy to hit those thresholds and pay those extra taxes. So most people think, oh my gosh, if I sell my long-term capital gains investment, I'm going to pay 15% in taxes. Well, if you hit this threshold, you're not paying 15, you're paying 18.8% when you add this uh, on top of it. So but, it kicks in, it's a hiccup, it's still there. But I thought that the new tax law um, took away a lot of the capital gains tax. Oh, it didn't change the capital gains tax. Um, what happens with the new tax law is it changes the Affordable Care Act. And, and the, the core thing that they did with that is they got rid of the penalties for needing to even have insurance. So if you decide to no longer have insurance, mm -hmm. they're not going to penalize you for that and create a you know tax liability to you. But hey, you know what? I think we're kind of coming up on a moment here. Let's yeah, take a are. quick commercial break. Uh, already a lot of information to digest. So if you have any questions, if you're considering your taxes, the impact of the new tax plan and jobs act that, that how it affects you, give our office a call 805-500-7035. And we will be right back after this. When it comes to retirement planning, many people spend their energy focusing on how to accumulate a large retirement nest egg without giving any thought to where the retirement assets should be invested. While accumulating your desired amount of retirement assets is important, we feel that it is just as important to have your money in assets that represent the level of risk or safety that you want. Red money is money that is at risk and subject to market volatility. Yellow money is money that is at risk but is professionally managed. And green money is money that may have its principal protected and is less subject to large market swings. At the Lynn Group, we created a simple way for you to group your retirement assets called the color of money, which is located inside our retirement income toolkit. To learn ways you can protect your nest egg, download our complimentary retirement income toolkit at thelingroup.com or call us at 805-500-7035. That number again is 805-500-7035. And welcome back to Financially Tuned with our amazing host, Michael Mansfield. And Mike, you've been talking to us about how these new tax laws, this new 2018, and as you mentioned at yeah. the end of the last segment, we talked about this during the break, but it's it's not going to really change a lot about capital gains. Um, uh, you know, there are some slight tweaks into the into the 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 tax level uh, and tax categories. What tax bracket we fall into? Tax right. brackets overall are changing, though, right? A little bit. Absolutely. And as tax brackets shift, it's going to shift liabilities into different columns for people. You know, will they owe more tax? Will they owe less tax? That's why a lot of that level of the conversation is so individualized. But Tony, you're, you're right. We've been talking about this tax stuff. Super exciting topic. This is the probably largest tax legislation changes in 30 years. So it is a big change. We, yeah, we just since put taxes. Reagan. Yeah, so we put taxes in a little you know, can and shook it up, right? We're going to see what happens. This is exciting. But hey, one of the things before the break we were talking about was tax breaks for parents. So what I had mentioned was personal exemptions are going away. This has a disproportionately, let's call it large, effect on big families. 
So it's interesting because the the trade-off to that is, is the, you know, the government wasn't trying to be mean to big families. They're just trying to find ways to simplify the code, make it a little more straightforward. And so the trade-off was they expanded the, expanded the child tax credit. So for if you have kids in your house under the age of 17, it used to be you'd get, you could get a child tax credit. Let me put a little asterisk on there, depending on your income levels mm-hmm. of a thousand dollars per person. That's increased. So they took that from $1,000 to $2,000. Now, the word credit is what's key. See, it used to be we were talking about deductions, Tony. Hey, you've got your standard deduction. You've got your personal exemption deduction. Deductions reduce the amount of taxable income you have. A credit reduces the, the amount of tax you owe. Credits are way more entertaining than deductions. That's why you all want credits. So look up the list of credits and find more credits. Right. So this credit is increasing from $1,000 to $2,000. So in and of itself, that's going to help that personal exemption challenge. What's even more interesting for people that have lower levels of income, $1,400 of that $2,000 credit is refundable. What that means is if you don't make a lot of money and you don't pay any taxes, you can actually get a refund based on this credit up to $1,400. So it could actually be money back to you when you didn't even know anything in the first place. So, you know, once again, credits are way more powerful than deductions. To that theme, it used to be that if you made any decent amount of money, you'd get phased out pretty quickly of those child tax credits last year and previous years. And that was kind of the challenge because they said, well, wait a second. We get rid of personal exemptions. Only a few people get to qualify for the credits. That stinks for for a lot of people. Yeah. So they increase the income threshold significantly. I mean, you're talking, you know, it used to be married, filed jointly. You couldn't make much over, I think, 110000 And now it's completely phased out at 400000 Oh, wow. So we're talking about a, a gap of, you know, significant amount of income. In addition to that, if you have kids that are 17 or older or you're taking care of mom and dad, hey, that's a very common theme these days, right? You know, the elderly are living with us. We're taking care of them. You can also apply for a $500 credit subject to those same income thresholds. So there's some some changes there. Once again, how it net nets to the individual. Let's be fair. A lot of it, we'll just have to see how it happens. So the other thing that we were looking at was education tax breaks. And that was a big conversation last year is how many of these kind of educational credits should we give people? Good news is for the moment, everything's in place. So the lifetime learning credit is still in place. Uh, the ability for student loan interest deductions are still in place. That Remember, that was a big source of contention when you're watching the news last year. Oh, yeah. Another interesting caveat, Tony, and this will this will apply to, to you and, and, and your affluent children, is... You can use your 529 plan that you've stored millions of dollars in and you can use it not for college anymore. You can use it to pay for private school and like tutoring for grades zero to 12, which is kind of interesting. So if you're, you know, if you're trying to, you know, take your kid on a different path and you've saved for it, you don't have to wait till college to start getting them those different educational experiences. Wow. Well, and so by these, some of these educational tax breaks, especially like the the interest on student loans, that's a big one, right? That was a big one last year. You know, that's where everyone was really going back and forth because 
there's a student loan epidemic going on in society right now. There's a huge amount of student loans outstanding. So there's a lot of interest. So that's a core deduction that affects a whole lot of people. So that's why it was important. Then we get into all the other deductions, right? What about mortgage interest deduction? That was a hot topic last year. So yeah. the way that it works now, the mortgage interest deduction, basically you can write off interest on a loan up to $750,000. So previously it used to be a million dollar loan of interest. Interestingly, because of all the back and forths here, if you have a loan over $750,000, you get grandfathered in. So this is this new $750,000 limit is applying to mortgages taken after December 15th, 2017. So if you've had a mortgage for a while, no worries. You can keep, you can keep accounting for all the interest and writing it all off. However, one big law change that, that did impact all that is you cannot anymore write off the interest on a home equity line of credit. See, it used to be you could take interest on up to a hundred thousand dollar line of credit on your home. So million dollar loan, a hundred thousand dollar line of credit, you could be deducting interest on $1.1 million. Moving forward, wow. the new cap at the moment, 750 on the main residence. You can't do the line of credit. So mm. I, I, but to be fair for a lot of people, that's not a very impactful thing. It's only going to you know impact the people that you know have very fancy houses. Well, same thing. Well, what's that? Well, and it's some of these things we're talking about, it sounds like the new tax bill, some of it's six of one, half a dozen of the other kind of a situation, right? I think you got it. Or they're robbing that, Peter to pay Paul and vice versa. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's not perfect. There's definitely going to be winners and losers in the whole thing. But that's the reality of it. And all we've been talking about today, Tony, is what? We've been talking about the personal side of it. There's a whole different conversation about the corporate side of tax reform and what that is about, what those rules were, and what it's supposed to mean for us. I've just really focused on the personal stuff today because, let's be fair, that's you know the core of our listeners. There were some minor changes to charitable contribution deductions, so nothing too crazy. Um, you can deduct cash donations up to 60% of your income. It used to be 50%, so that's increased. And as a nuance rule... Donations made to a college in exchange for the right to purchase athletic tickets is no longer deductible. Now, I didn't even know that was a thing, so <laughs> I'm not strong enough of a sports enthusiast to to know those. those yeah, I had no idea, honestly. Yeah, That's uh, well, crazy. they they don't like it. They got rid of it. Yeah. Also, medical expenses. What about that? A lot of people pay a lot of medical expenses. Maybe you got mom and dad in a nursing home or getting a lot of regular care. What about those deductions? So. They reduced the amount you could write off, not not the amount you could write off, but the, the threshold of where you could start writing it off. And what I mean is, is last year, you could only write off medical expenses for anything above 10% of your adjusted gross income. They've lowered that to 7.5%, where it was actually historically. In other words, let me, I kind of did some math here to, to illustrate that. Let's say you had $50,000 of income. You could, you, it used to be you could only write off unreimbursed medical expenses over $5,000. Well, now it's over $3,750. So there's a lower threshold for you to be able to write that off. So that's a good thing. And it's across all ages. There were some age adjustments to that rule last year. So that's good. So yeah. feel free to go get sick, Tony, and then you can write it all off. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> I'd rather not, but yeah. <laughs> it's I'm nice to know we have the option. Um, Absolutely. 
So again, okay, and they're the, they're taking away and they're giving a little bit, right? Yeah, and you, and you, we're just seeing this in a number of different places. Some things you say, hey, that's good, that's bad, that's good, that's bad, and here we are. Yeah. The big one, right, that we hear about all the time on the news. It's still on the news. I mean, uh, New York's talking about suing the government. Um, the salt deductions, so state and local taxes. So this was one where it was a bit of a sticking point. In the final version of the bill, it keeps state and local deductions as something that you can do. So you can do a salt deduction, but there's a cap on it of $10,000. So where this affects a lot of people potentially is certainly property taxes. You know, if you have a, if you have a high property tax profile, the $10,000 is the cap from that. And then when you add up, you know, state taxes and, and local sales taxes, if you had a big purchase, an RV, a car, something like that, there's a limit. So that'll probably be one place where, you know, a lot of Californians take, take a little bit on the chin potentially. Yeah. But once again, like you said, Tony, this is just kind of a, this is definitely back and forth blows here of, Hey, this is good for me. Oh, that's not, this is good for me. And so before we get all too wing dingy about it, I think we really just need to work through it, you know, start filing these tax returns, seeing how it really manifests and, and see if, if we're in a better light or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's smart. Now, uh, we're running out of time for today's show. Um, what would you say in wrapping this all up for us? So look, that's a great question, Tony. The reality is, is a lot is changing. As, as we said, these are the biggest tax reform changes we've had in 30 years. You want to be aware of that. If you're retiring on a fixed income and you got your social security and your pension and distributions from your IRAs and things like that, when you live on a fixed income, you have to be very aware of your tax liability. Everything that I'm talking about, most of it is actually expiring in 2025, which means you might get a little better tax deal right now, but by 2025, you're definitely going to have your taxes going up. You need to think about that. You need to plan for that. You need to have a process of how you're going to deal with it. Next week, I'm, I'm going to do one more full show on, on tax planning because, to be fair, I only covered about half, once again, of what I wanted to, <laughs> but I'm going to get into the other half, which I think is fascinating. Sure. But look, give my office a call, 805-500-7035. Everybody is a part of the new Jobs Tax Cut Act party. These things affect you. This is important. If you give my office a call, set up a complimentary consultation. We can talk about your retirement plans. We can talk about your income plan. We can certainly focus on the tax liability potential that you have. And oh, by the way, those complimentary consultations, I always give people a free copy of my new book, How Your Financial Planner Failed You, which is a very specific guide to proper retirement income planning. So we love our listeners, Tony. We get good calls every week. I get a lot of emails and feedback from the shows. But if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, don't hesitate to pick up the phone. 805-500-7035. We can get a tax plan in place for you. We can get you the help that you need. We can make sure that you're organized. We can make all this feel good. So thanks, thanks, thanks as usual to all of our listeners. And we'll be back at the same time, same place next week. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com. 
All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Michael Mansfield and The Lind Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 